That's a surprise. Welcome right. to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten. This is brought to you by RedArmyBet.com, a new betting site where profits go back into um, supporting Manchester United uh, fan projects. I'm still outside the stadium in Santa Clara. Where are you from, mate? Uh, from Reading originally, living in Canada now, Vancouver, BC. Yeah, Adrian and, Sims. And how are you feeling about United this season? Feeling very good. Uh, be even better if Ebro comes back. Um, feeling good. Defence is secure now with Lindoff, Bailey, Valencia. Just got to make sure Luke's back in uh, playing better soon. First time in my yeah. life in lost words. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name, mate? Where are you from? Hi, mate. I'm Steve Baxter. I'm from uh, Manchester, but I live in Atlanta. And how have you got from Atlanta to Santa Clara? Via every other match. Yeah, we're on the tour, following around. I'm one of the guys who runs One United USA, the uh, umbrella support organisation, and also the Atlanta supporters branch with some uh, some of my friends. Describe where you're still talking to me now. Describe the scene. Brilliant. Uh, Levi Stadium, Santa Clara. Uh, it's really hot. Place is mad. It's full of Reds. Can't see any Madrid fans, to be honest with you. Uh, just one or two, but it's uh, it's Red Central, isn't it? fantastic it's absolutely roasting there's loads of United fans doing a thing called a tailgate and we're going to go and walk among them and speak to them have a good time are you, Cheers, Andy. Are you going to um, Washington absolutely we'll be there Washington DC absolutely all right brilliant nice to speak to you Cheers, both take you. care um, there's an airplane going above to land in San Jose Airport which is where United played a couple of years ago um, and there's a couple of Real Madrid fans as well mixing around and let's just see all the different people. Here's Martin. We left this man on the last podcast uh, in a bar in Houston the other night. Did you get home from that bar okay in Houston? Yeah, I got a job, remember? No. <laughs> oh, by the way, I paid the bar bill. You owe me $100. I don't. He gave us the last two for nothing. I know. It's good that night, wasn't it? It was decent. How's your trip been? Brilliant. Andy. No more flights missed? No more flights missed, mate. Um, in fact... I can't wait to go back to Vegas again for some reason. We're back. When someone says to me, I've never been to Vegas before, but now when people say, Have you been to Vegas? I'll say, Yeah, I've been four times now. I went Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Just in case, because I think. Steve Owen. How many, t- how many times have you been to Vegas, mate? Steve, where are you from, mate? Oh, so I just told you. Yeah, but that was for a different thing. That was. Oh, sorry. This right, is now right. a podcast. Oh, go on. How's your trip been? Very, very good. Very, very good holiday. I wish these lot stopped swearing because it's on a podcast. It's not, it's not nice to swear, it's is it? It's not very nice. Steve, how are you feeling about There's children hanging around? United this season. I'm quite confident about it, actually. I'll put my money on United to win the European Cup. Really? I would. Really? Everybody buys these two players who want share, why not? I thought he did a brilliant job last year. Well, and you got to remember, I didn't want Marino at Old Trafford. Right. Right. But what he did last year, I thought was immense. You know what I mean? And I do think he wants he wants to win the European Cup United. How long have you followed United, Steve? First game. 1991. You took all the clothes off on a car ferry. I put you under my wing, didn't I? You showed you how to No, you looked after me, you did, dude. You wouldn't be doing this today if it weren't for me, wouldn't you? I wouldn't be doing it. Goodbye, goodbye.
I had a laugh with you lads. Jeez. Yeah. Great solo, was it? Yeah, it was brilliant. So, um, I'm studying a big group of uh, Manchester lads. A lot of them are on the podcast, which is going to go out on Thursday, so I'm not going to speak to you all again, because you'll just be getting too famous. <laughs> you'll have your agents on me case. Martin's got a new nickname now. Woody. Martin McVarner now, his nickname is Woody. Why? Because show the picture. Let me well, show you the got, picture. Right, what are you going to show me a picture of it? I was in Houston. And there's people in, all around us with barbecues. It's, it's fantastic. I was in Houston. <laughs> okay. Woody off Toy Story. Right, so Martin has been wearing a cap, which makes him look like Woody off, off Toy Story. He's got the same size as Woody. <laughs> that is wrong. And with Dirty Neck, who was last on the podcast in Stockholm, he's wearing a, a Manchester t-shirt with a, with a, with a picture of a, a wasp on it rather than a Manchester bee. Why have you got a wasp on instead of the bee? Fuck off! Fucking shirt, everyone. Edit that. It looks like a city shirt. It looks like a city shirt. It's a bee. You've got a city shirt with a wasp on it rather than a Manchester shirt with a bee. Dirty Neck, how's your trip been so far? Unbelievable. Yeah? Unbelievable. Apart from the beef. If I repeated some of the lines here that you said the other night when we were out having a good night out, you had me crying with laughter. Really? Lucky you've been very cautious and coy. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. I'll just give one example. There was a lady passing by and you said, you look like Linda Lovelace. And she looked at you and you said, are you saying I look like a fucking porn star? <laughs> it's a compliment, love. You've never seen an ugly porn star, have you? Not um, you look anyway. <laughs> so, uh, how's the time been here in Santa Clara, San Francisco? I like this. I didn't like Houston. I like this place. I love it. You, you did seem unhappy in Houston when uh, I saw yeah, you. Yeah, well, it's that fireballs. I discovered fireballs in Houston. Right. What are fireballs? Did they give you one? No. That's like a, a, a shot, but like a whiskey, but about a whiskey bit. It's dead sweet and then it burns the bollocks off you at the end of it. And I do not remember one little bit about it. I had to go to the stadium the next day to remember what the place looked like. I couldn't remember the thing. I don't know how I got back. I don't do nothing. But they done the you job. You can remember going out with me the other night. Yeah, can that? Yeah, that yeah. Night yeah, that was the night before. Yeah, I weren't drunk then. That was a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that, that fireball thing. Oh, I recommend it to anybody. Why do you like it here? <laughs> I just do. I, I, I just do. Apart from him, eh? No, it's just good here, isn't it? It's a bit more. It's people. You see people here. You didn't see nobody in Houston, did you? And what did you make of United being City the other day? I can't remember about it. I made up, obviously, but I can't remember. Literally, I can't remember. Did you go in the ground? Uh, yeah, my body did. Yeah. <laughs> my body so did. So you went in the ground, but you can't remember? I, I fell asleep, I think. Did you? I think so. I'm not a million percent. I'm pretty sure. You're not that blue who, who fell asleep. who was on TV. I was. It's got my city shirt on. With the blue wasp on it. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you came from Manchester and, and you went to the derby and fell asleep. Probably. Yeah. I've done that on the Louis Van Gaal most games. Well, so you weren't impressed by Van Gaal. Are you more impressed by Mourinho? I told you in Stockholm, I wasn't. I didn't trust that team. But after Stockholm, even though we didn't play great. It's creeping back to me the faith and all that. The man for the job, is no doubt about it. The man for the job. I should have got him after your man gone. Trump yeah. yeah. He's only fucking about with them clowns in your van. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So your, your trust levels? It's rising. It's rising. Yeah. It's rising. Yeah. It'll, it'll rise more when he gets rid of small. Do you think... Um, you don't buy this, does it? <laughs> You, you stood here in the tailgate, the atmosphere is fantastic. Think this would catch on at Old Trafford? Told my, told all the lads before. 
And right, he made them scouts as well. He's in that fucking arcade. Get off a train. Oh, plastic, it's all. Not, it's not for me, this. Not for me. Especially when I'm not drinking. <laughs> Can I interrupt a second, right? Just this guy here, right? This guy, the, the lady over there says to me, this guy's from Ireland. So I said, oh, you're from Ireland? He said, yeah. He said, you must know. And he, I, said, he, I said to him, um, no, he said to me, uh, uh, yeah, Ireland. He said, you must know what he said. It's an island just near where you live in England. <laughs> so I said to him, yeah, put my hand out and shake his hand. I said, yeah, I'm from Manchester. He went, oh, Jesus, what a pity. <laughs> and who do you support, mate? Mm. Who do you support? Which football team? Is Bayern Munich playing today? So you're from Ireland, <laughs> which, which you've just explained as the being Irish an island off the coast Irish of the UK. Good teams. The only, well, both of them, Northern Man Ireland and Republic Ireland, are both in the hunt for the World Cup. But they're not going to qualify. They never do. So Manchester United are very popular in Ireland and Liverpool as well. Yeah, but this is America. How long have you lived <laughs> over here? And I, well, when I watch when I watch the Premier League. I actually root for Liverpool. Right. Or Chelsea. Yeah. Liverpool or Chelsea? Yeah. You can't have more than one team. Well, it depends on who's playing. Come on. Who did you... So, Typical scouts. Sounds okay. like you, Okay. I'll, then I'll, I'll say Liverpool. Right. Okay. <laughs> Liverpool or Chelsea. And when I was watching the Spanish League, yeah. La Liga, I'm a, I'm a Barcelona fan. Right. Okay. And, uh, but so, today... Who do you think is going to win today? Actually, it depends on who's who, who's on the roster, who's actively on the roster. If they play the strongest teams or not. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to carry on. Diplomatic about this. You know? Okay, so I mean, it, it's bizarre that gentleman there saying that he supports uh, Liverpool and Chelsea and Barcelona, and it, it, it's a completely alien concept to me. But it's actually not as ridiculous as it sounds in in the US, where there are people who support multiple clubs. Um, I've never heard of someone supporting two clubs in the same league. But they also follow personalities as well. But then the, I'm stood in, in uh, the, the car park, car lot, whatever it's called. And it's full of pretty hardcore United fans, American United fans who they follow Manchester United. They know everything that's going on at the club. Their uh, level of knowledge is very high. Um, they're having a great time. There's just tables out full of beer. There's families here. There's loads of girls as well. The ratio of male to female is, is very different to what it would be at a game in, in England. There's something called the, the game, J, game Day DJ. I'm not going to walk too close to him because the music is, is really loud. I'm going to head into the stadium um, and then see who else we meet as part of this podcast. We appreciate the partners who help fund this website so that you can listen to it for free. And we have a new one, Harry's. Harry's is an American company and I received a package from them a couple of weeks ago. Quite a cool package with a razor inside and some shaving cream. And you can receive the same one for just £2.95. Here's the story. Two best friends, Jeff and Andy, were fed up with being overcharged for razors. They did the research and found out there's no real reason for razors to cost so much. So they started their own razor company, that's Harry's, four years ago. And since then they've been making shaving better, so they say, for over three million men in America. They've just launched in the UK now. And they, they thought that there's only one way to ensure quality in shaving. 
and they wanted to cut out some of the costs which had made the blade so expensive. So they bought a factory with a hundred years of blade making experience and by controlling that blade making process, they take less profit and pass those savings directly onto the people buying the blades. So the result is a, a decent shave, at a, a very decent price. So for £2.95, you can get a trial set, which includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip. You get some foam gel. Um, it's fine to me. My wife liked the smell of it. It just seemed like normal shave gel, if I'm honest. Uh, a travel blade cover, and it comes in a decent box. It's usually £11.50, but you can get it for £2.95. Uh, you To get started and claim your trial set, you need to go to harrys.com forward slash united. That's harrys.com forward slash united. And I think it's definitely worth doing for £2.95. If you like it, carry on and they'll deliver the blades to you as often or as infrequently as you want. So no more piss balling about in supermarkets, asking people to unlock cases with expensive razor blades in them. I'd give it a try, £2.95, well less than a cost of, of a pint. And then they deliver them uh, to your house. I think it's a decent idea and appreciate them supporting this podcast as well. What's your name, sir, and where are you from? Well, I, I'm popularly known as uh, Mr. Miyagi, Men United. And whereabouts are you from? I'm actually, yeah, I live in Manchester now. Born in Manchester? No, unfortunately not, but uh, I, I was in the UK, I have been in the UK since 1963. And where were you born? In Malaysia. Really? Yeah. Whereabouts in Malaysia? Kuala Lumpur. Really? And would that have been a part of the British Empire when you were born? Yes, uh, that was Malaya. Yeah. At the time, yeah. a long time ago now. But uh, I have been a United fan since 1960, before I, I, I went to the UK. Why did you move from Malaya to the UK? Oh, education. Yeah? Uh, I was sent by my uh, parents to have a, a good education, shall we say. And you're wearing a t-shirt, oh Mr Miyagi, yes. I've heard that sung at games around Old Trafford, <laughs> and um, t- tell us the story of your, of your trip over here, have you been meeting fans and just joining in, having a good time? Yes, I, 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 I'm absolutely amazed at these tailgate events, I've never been to one ever before, the first one was last week in uh, LA, and it was amazing. I mean, it's like a, a street party. So you've followed United since 1960? Yes. You've travelled far and wide watching United as well? Uh, not as much as I would have liked to. I, although I have been uh, a season ticket holder since the early 90s. Uh, and, and what have been your high and low points as a United fan? I would say the low point, although I wasn't in the UK then, would be Munich. And for you personally, as a fan? As a fan, yeah. Yes. But, but you know, you, you, you weren't in the UK. Was there a game which was a bad result for you, or relegation, or what's been the worst result for you? It was when uh, City scored in the last minute, injury time. I was deprived of the title in Sunderland. We were in Sunderland, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and that, that was it's probably the last 
moment which left me startled watching a game of football <laughs> and thinking I can't believe that has just happened and get, then getting really annoyed with myself because I'd let it really badly get to me right. let's be more positive right the high point yeah I would say the high point is actually uh, Barcelona of course were you there in camp now? there totally unexpected I mean this is why it was so special totally unexpected five minutes before uh, full time tears are streaming down we're chanting we love you nice which means uh, you know we still love you but that's it and it's totally unexpected I mean the I can't express the, the elation, the joy uh, inside. That was tremendous. Um, you sing songs at Old Trafford or just in the pubs before games? I, I also sing at Old Trafford, but unfortunately I sit in the South Sand where you're, you're supposed to behave yourself. Although I do change the words, which make them feel very, very happy because they know I respect them. You know, I, I take away those words which are not repeatable. <laughs> United are hugely popular in, in Malaysia. I mean, I've seen the team play against Selangor. And yes. We get a lot of correspondence from yes. from Malaysia as well. Yeah. Do you go back to Malaysia much? No, not now. No? Uh, I don't have much family there now. Okay. Uh, I mean, the time when I was a United fan in Malaysia, very different. You didn't have uh, television. You certainly, certainly didn't have social media. So now it's very different. How are you feeling about the season, Mr. Miyagi? You mean a forthcoming season? I would have liked if we have signed at least another player. To be honest. Who? Aguero. Not Aguero, uh, a good midfielder, okay. defensive midfielder. I mean, if I, I, I think there's talk now of getting Verratti, which I think... He's a great player. Great player. Great player. And if Arsenal uh, agrees to sell him to us, Sanchez. I tell you, we have Sanchez and Verratti. I think we'll be there about. Well, United were Sanchez's second choice in 2011. Yeah. City... Barcelona and United all offered an amount of money to Udinese, which they were happy with. Right. And he, he liked the idea of going to United. Right. But his father had said, I would love one day for you to play for Barcelona. And his father had passed away a couple of years earlier. So oh. I think that swung it. But David Gill definitely gave a mandate for Manchester United to sign Sanchez. That's six years ago now. And um, yeah, it'd be good. I'm not sure whether United are going in for him or not they're being very very coy about it Verratti I saw him have a wonderful game last season right at Camp Nou um, for, for Paris Saint-Germain sorry um, uh, uh, de France against Barcelona less of a wonderful game at Camp Nou because right. um, Barcelona knocked him out of, uh, of the tournament and are you going to the, the game in Washington against yes, Barca I'm, I'm in the whole draw and you're then flying back over to Manchester? Yes. Uh, and have you taken this as like a holiday? Have work okay about it? Yes, it's a holiday. I mean, the show for sale is for charity. Oh, cool, cool. Give them a So plan. tell me what you're doing then. I didn't realise yeah, this. I, I, I've never come up with anything to do with the Miss Miyagi persona. This is the first time, so I thought I'll do a show for the tour. And I've always said that uh, if ever I do sell anything, 
A donation will be made to the uh, Cornerstone Day Center in Denmark Road, Manchester, homeless charity. Uh, and as you can see from the notice, I mean, this is something dear to my heart. Why? Because I've had, sorry, I'm getting emotional now, but I've had tremendous amount of happiness, sometimes frustration, as you know, supporting United, and as well as support from people in Manchester. And I live there now. So I want to give something back. Okay. Uh, so this is why I've chosen. I mean, I actually try to uh, go for a children's charity, but unfortunately, they're all not the kind of chance that you make, you know, might not be acceptable. Okay, Mr. Miyagi, I'm going to head into the stadium now. It's been lovely to, to speak Thank to you. Thank you very much. Um, so that's t shirts being sold with Mr. Miyagi's image on, and every penny is going to the Cornerstone Day Centre. Um, it's a homeless charity in Manchester, so that's really good. The game between Manchester United and Real Madrid is about to start. And I'm in the press area with Mark Ogden. Since we last spoke, Mark has moved to ESPN, where he's now the head of the entire ESPN organisation across the world, writing about football. Um, how's this trip been for you, Mark? Yeah, it's been good. The American trips are always uh, easier than uh, other trips, like the Far East. Everything seems to work, everything runs pretty well. And uh, access from United has been has been good. You know they've, they've really pushed the ball set this this summer. Not just for me, but for everybody. I think they've uh, they've realised the importance of uh, being open and accessible and have been. So yeah, no complaints. Um, and I'd extend that to United we stand. We've got some decent interviews coming up in the mag with people like um, Valencia and, and, and Rojo. We've got a couple of others lined up, which I'll reveal closer to to when they come out. But it's a good sign, isn't it? And I think it's right. You know, you make the effort to travel to the other side of the world as a journalist. It's good to get access. Yeah, absolutely. Because. Uh, I'm, I'm a slightly different role now, but the guys that cover Manchester United on a weekly basis, you know, that it is the job, and they, you know, I've been on these trips for the last 10, 12 years, and I remember the first one I went on to was South Africa in 2006. It was pretty much four or five national papers. I don't even think MUTV went. So, you know, the, the national lads have stayed with it all the way through, and it's, it's never become such a much bigger thing. It's, a, you know. I mean, it, as recently as four years ago, the Manchester Evening News were not sending. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, everybody. I covered it for him. Yeah, <laughs> just. I mean, they got two or three people there. Yeah. You know, um, so everyone just floods it now, and I, I, it, that makes it more difficult for United to, you know, accommodate everybody because there's so many people that want something. So what they've done this time, they've had two or three media days in LA where they've just, you know, ring fenced three or four hours, and everyone gets the bit. So. You know, I think it's worked. You know, other clubs. Well, I'll say it. Man City haven't been anything like as cooperative. You know, um, Spurs have been great. You know, Spurs provided Pochettino, Harry Kane. Uh, why, why, what is it with City? Because they're, they're clearly growing. They're clearly ambitious. Mm. Should li surely they should be embracing the media who, who's following them? Because they're a long, long way behind Manchester United. And I'm speaking yeah. objectively. Yeah. But there's a. I know there's some very good people work at City, but I look at some of the other people and I see evidence of arrogance. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. Um, I think the problem with City is they've got this situation where a lot of the Catalans have come in and it's, there's a separation between the Catalan side of the club, which is Ferran Soriano, Bergeri Stein, Pep. Uh, Pep's kind of, I suppose he's, he's bag man, the guy called Manel Estiarte, who just, wherever Pep goes, this guy goes. And it's almost like they kind of ring-fence themselves and everyone else is kind of just hoping for a bit of bit of an in there and they're not, they're not getting it and I think even with the journalists I know a couple of lads who moved from Barcelona yeah. to Manchester who are very close to Pep mm. and it's like they only go with who they trust yeah something. absolutely it's uh, it's a shame really because 
I think City have lost their identity in a way. You know, City's identity to me is you know, never, never win it anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> rightly or wrongly, they are a club that's got a much stronger fan base within this within Manchester than around the world, and but they seem to have forgotten that, and they're trying to project themselves as a global club. But, I mean, getting back to the original thing about why they're not adding, why they're not pushing the bolt out over here. Well, I don't understand. I think. In a sense, they treat Pep as the Dalai Lama, you know, and nobody can speak to Pep because Pep's Pep, you know, you know, he's ready, he's not serious, and Pep's this and Pep's that. You know, I couldn't give a monkey's really if he's, if he's this or that. Mourinho's spoken to us, you know, Klopp's spoken to us in Hong Kong, like I said, Pochettino, all these people have spoken. So, for me, he's not bigger than those, and last season he was nowhere near because he didn't win anything. So, if they kind of tone it down a level a little bit and add some more humility, that might help them in the sense that they're seeing that United are being pictured with all these Hollywood A-listers and people turn up at training which is not you know that's, 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 that's been planned in a sense because United you know they don't, it doesn't just happen off the cuff but United have actually dominated the media over here and City are nowhere to be seen and City need to push it a little bit and make more of people like Aguero make more of people like Gabriel Jesus and make more of Pep because Aguero is a major world football star isn't he, he is. especially in this country with a large yeah. Spanish speaking population too he is but I've not seen a word from him or I've not seen him anywhere on this trip and I don't know, there's, uh, City tend, tend to treat people as though they're like royalty, and they're not really, you know, they're just footballers. They, they did win the League Cup in 1976. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and they brought Paul Dick up as their, uh, their legend in Houston, which I thought was quite fun. But, uh, when Jose has done his press conferences, he's in, uh, inevitably been asked about transfer speculation. Mm. What do you make of United's movements at the moment? They seem to be keeping things as close to the chest as, as they can do. Yeah, and they're not bringing in the players in that Jose wants. You spoke to Jose. Yeah. How do you read the situation at the moment? I think he's frustrated. I think yeah. he, um, you know, they brought two in so far. They need, they, need, they need more. I mean, they do need four, at least four, I think, or certainly two more. I've been told that a couple of the deals are just hanging on maybe four or five million pound either way. But, but that's been the case for two or three weeks. I know absolutely, and you know, the one thing that you've got to give City credit for, praise for. When the deal needs to be done, just get it done. If they pay over the odds, they get it done. But sometimes you have to pay over the odds. And I think I think there are times when it has to hurt you to spend some money. You know, back in the day when United had spent £30 million on Rio or, you know, Brian Robson, £1.5 million. It was a big deal and people were like, wow, look at the size of that deal. You know when Robson joined the club, Sir Bobby Charlton stepped down as a director. No, sorry, Sir Matt Busby, right. in disgust at the size of the transfer fee. Yeah, well, but it was paid back over the years, wasn't it? it was paid back about two yeah, years with Robson. Roy Keynes was. Ronaldo to Real Madrid, that was a bargain. United were under, undersold him there. So what I'm saying is that you know, you know rather than quibble over five million pound here and there, just pay the money they've got the money, and that's the way the market's going. You have to spend a bit more these days. And United keep talking about how the biggest and richest club in the world, and they proved it with Pogba last year. But sometimes you just got to say, right, if, if Inter Milan want this for Pogba, pay it, get it in, get him in the door because. The preparation is missing now, and Matic and, and Eric Dyer about that they're missing. It could be significant in the start of the season when they're not as fit as they should be. I, I get that. I also think that Pogba, you can see, is probably going to be the best player of his generation in, in his position. Perisic, Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer doesn't even get in the Tottenham team no. in his best position. No. Um, but I mean, and, and, the, and the, the prices have become so ridiculously inflated. Yeah, I think with Dyer that. I saw at the Euros last year, I thought he was England's best player of a bad punch, let's be honest. Centre midfield, Tottenham has been messed around, Wanyama's come in and they put him at centre half, he's not quick enough to play centre half, but I think, as a defensive midfielder, I think he's probably a better bet than Matic because he's five years younger, similar sort of price. I mean, Matic is the ready-made guy and he's won titles, but you know, he's 29, I think, so 
if you're looking for players that can give you long-term value, I think and United seem to be, though. Yeah, um, you know, I'm surprised he didn't push out of a Bakayoko. I think he'd have been perfect. But Chelsea went, went in for him. Perisic, I agree. Perisic is a lot of money for a guy at his age, but sometimes you just got to do it. I mean, I'm not saying he's a Robin Van Persie, but the Van Persie deal probably was a lot of money for a guy that got one one really good season but that really good season won the league oh, it was a great season yeah. I so mean, his, his impact was incredible absolutely and he stopped him going to Man City and if he got to Man City yeah. they could have really pulled away from the pack for that year so it was worth it in the end and I think sometimes you just got to pay a bit more you know throw, throw your weight around you're Man United spend a bit more money and just say look we've said to the richest and we're proving it we're making it impossible for clubs to say no you know I, I, I PSG might be getting Neymar, right? Two hundred million pounds. Well, United have been sniffing around Neymar for two, three years. If they really want him, now is the time to say, okay, we'll match that, and it's an awful lot of money. But especially it, with the pound compared to two or three years well, ago, yeah, but, you know, if it, they've got to make it hurt, you know. I suppose when they signed Real for thirty million, but all for Wayne Rooney when he was twenty-seven, they, that was like next year's money. If you think the player's that good, he's going to make that much of a difference. Spend it and. It will repay itself over the years, as Rio did, as Rooney did, as Robson did, as Roy Keane did, as Alan Shearer would have done if he ever came, you know. So and they've got a couple of high earners off the wage bill. Yeah. Rooney and Zlatan. Ibrahimovic. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the money's there. There'll probably be a few more leaving. Yeah. You know, and I suppose that money was set aside for Griezmann, who, you know, he, wanted, he wanted to come. Yeah, of course. And I think, you know, I don't, you know, with Griezmann, I think the Diego Costa thing is interesting because I think once Costa agreed to go to Madrid, Atletico Madrid, and they know he can play in January. That might change things to Griezmann a little bit. There's six weeks to go this window. I think a lot can happen. A lot can. Yeah. He a, definitely a wanted to go to Manchester United. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and he felt this sense of loyalty. And it would be seen as a traitor. Which I get. I get that. Yeah, absolutely. I understand that. But whether he realised that if you wait a year, that, that move might never happen. We, we see all sorts of players that you know had moves land up a year down the line and they get injured or something happens and manager change. It, it doesn't happen. So. Or you have the Herrera effect where the club just keep tabs yeah. in the distance and then bring. Absolutely, but it's all about the moment. You, take, you seize yeah. the moment, don't you? I think. So I don't think Griezmann will come, but I, I do think there might still be possibilities there if Costa moves to Atletico this month and he, he realises that he's, he's been loyal to Atletico. They've got the replacement in, and you know we'll wait and see on that one. United and City were a long, long way off champions last year. How do you think? Is going to pan out this season. I think United have got the squad to make a serious title challenge because Jose knew he hadn't last mm. year, and we've surveyed and polled United We Stand readers, and they think it'll be a sort of third place position. Yeah. I'm not sure they're ready to win it yet. I yeah. think. I it's mean, good that the here's going to definitely stay, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's a big plus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's the best keeper in the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah. But and he's now going to. The longer he stays, he's now spending yeah. the majority of his career at Manchester United. Well, I mean, I've, I've been told that Madrid don't have the, the money to do it. I mean, yeah. they've sold Morata now and they've mm. sold Danilo to, uh, to City, but are they going to spend £80 million on a keeper when they've got a decent keeper in Navas? I mean, they've won two Champions League for Navas. Well, no. so. And he's very popular in the dressing yeah. room. I've interviewed Navas several times, he's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, so why, why he's just not Spanish. spend money on it? Well, it's not worth paying £70 million just for a nationality. No, absolutely, when you know they need people because they've got quite an old team Ramos is getting yeah. on a bit Ronaldo's getting on a bit Benzema's getting on a bit so we need to spend it somewhere else but uh, just on United title hopes you look around the other teams in the top six Chelsea have got Hazard Liverpool have got Coutinho City have got David Silva Aguero Gabriel Jesus you know Tottenham have got Deli Alli I don't think United have got that magician that kind of bit of magic and a fantasy player I mean Pogba's got something but he's not they haven't got that kind of I mean Ronaldo's that, that guy can change a game in an instant I, I still don't think they have that yet what have you made of the way that Pogba deals with the media? 
I think he probably needs to uh, chill out a little bit and yeah. be a bit more. Yeah. I mean, he's becoming a leader in the dressing room. He's not the yeah. captain yet because Carrick's the captain. But I think he's becoming a player that a lot of the he players. Want, he wanted the captain to. Yeah, I think to be a captain, you've got to you've got to deliver on the pitch as well as off it, and yeah. be. You've got to speak to people. Yeah, it? be a bit of a leader, and I think I think he needs to um, become the, the spokes, the village, or the ever figure, the guy that leads by example off the pitch. You know, Roy Keane used to always do it. Probably didn't want to do it all the time, but when people, like the, when the big players speak, it kind of it ripples in the dressing room as well as beyond that. I think Pogba sometimes needs to say something, but he doesn't do anything. And I think that's probably holding him back. I think, you know, he's only young, he will grow, and we've seen it with loads of players in the past. When they're 22, 23, they don't want to know, they, they, they want to kind of strut around and think that they don't need it, but they get a bit old and they realise that it's horrible word, brand, but in terms of the brand, it all helps the brand that the guy that when he says things, it matters that people listen. I think. Pogba needs to develop that and become a leader off the pitch as well as on it. And, and you know, become more of a leader on the pitch as well. Which players have impressed you on this tour? And what have you made of the new signings, um, Lindelof and, and Lukaku? Lindelof, I think. He's already done out, has he? Not really. I think there was a couple of moments against City where he looked a little bit iffy. I mean, I put a tweet out saying that he's not good enough to convince me he's not great on Jones and Smalling, and I was obviously obliterated for it. But <laughs> well, yeah. just, just an honest opinion. Yeah. I'm not saying he's crap or hopeless, but. Yeah. He's not a player that's coming in and thinking, wow, you know, like when Rio came in and he's getting the ball and he's gripping. It, it, so, you know, it's early days. You can't just get on these tours, really. Lukaku, great finish against City. That was that was real kind of horror yeah. moment. That was and some of that attacking play against City was yeah. really impressive. I think him and Rashford got together. pace up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, that's exciting. Yeah, you look at the whole Cole and York thing, the people, the fashion's gone away from tour front. But if you've got two players up front that can destroy teams, we'll play it. And I think the pace and the power that those two have got. Rashford's impressed me on tour. I yeah. think he's, he's taken a step up. And yeah. I've been banging his drum for a while, but I think missing the under 20 ones was the, the best thing that could happen to yeah. him. A bit of rest, bit of kind Stronger, of, bigger. Yeah, just, but just clear his mind as well. Yeah. Have a month off and just go, you know, go on a boat in Dubai and just chill out and mess about, whatever. But he's impressed me. Um, yeah, I think those are the standouts with Lukaku and Rashford. Mikitarian um, comes and goes, I don't know. I'm not sure whether he's top end. But I spoke to him the other night and he said he's in a much better place than he was a year ago. Yeah. Which was heading for three months on the bench, yeah, so was, you, you would hope so. That's pretty weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but I do think they are missing, they are missing something. Missing. Yeah. Well, maybe if we'd had this chat a year and a half ago, we might have been saying in a year and a half's time, Anthony Martial could mm. be the man who could be giving us that something mm. at, at Manchester United. He's not having a good time of it, is he? No. I think he's got a big six months. Yeah. If it's here, I don't, yeah. I'm not convinced. I mean, I could see that if if somebody comes in for him and offers him some money, that I don't think Jose sold him at all. And I think he's not done enough to, in the last 18 months to, to shut. I mean, he had a good first six months, but after that, you saw his body language when he. Yeah. You can, if you sit in the main stand, it's really clear to see every time he makes a mistake. Mm. Jose sort of winces, yeah, turns round in frustration. Yeah. I don't. I just. Got great talent, hasn't it? I'm he not has. sure whether he's got the. I'd uh, love him. I'd love him to to come good. Whether he's got the desire and the commitment and mm. the dedication to do it, and you'll probably look back in four or five years' time and think, God, I had a real chance there. Yeah, and and players do that. I went to yeah. see Makeda, and he said my one regret was pretty much what yeah. you've just said. I should have pushed myself on a little bit yeah. more. I, I should have been more professional and a little bit less of a knobhead. Basically. I think Adnan Yanazar had the same yeah. conversation himself in five years' time. Yeah, but but he won't now. No. At the moment, no, no. to get the ump. Yeah, but for two or three years, yeah. and well, they, they blame the world. Absolutely, when he's, when he's played for standard Liège in five mm. years' time, Yanazam, I think, Jesus, the world will be free, and uh, I'll let it slip. So, Because um, yeah. he was hugely talented, Yanazam, wasn't he? I know, he? he was a real star, wasn't he? Real yeah. star. But, you know, he's just had some bad moves and some bad bad advice. Yeah. 
bad attitude. You know, somebody said there was a good, there was a good bunch. He was the one that just wouldn't take it on board. Even Fellaini tried to get into his head, and it wasn't yeah. really working. So and he was never going to work for Navarino, was he? It no. was never, never going to happen for him. But, no. uh, you know, Luke Shaw's interesting. I think I've been told that he's really kind of put his head down. And yeah. sort of, he's As impressed. he did two years ago. Yeah, and he's impressed Joe. I mean, two yeah. years ago he was flying until he did his leg. Yeah, he had that, that two months didn't he up until yeah. Eindhoven. And I spoke to him after the first pre-season in Seattle, and he, he he gave me some really good quotes about I've done this for the summer. Yeah. I've been training with Janazai actually <laughs> in Dubai. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But from the first game in Seattle, he was the best player on yeah. the pitch. And I always thought that if if he'd have stayed fit, mm. we'd have seen a different Memphis mm. Depay because. Mm. They were good mates and they, they had a real good kind of thing down the left hand side but you know Luke got injured and Depay just went off off a cliff after that because he didn't have a guy behind that was you know bombing on so yeah. it's funny how one player getting injured can affect others but um, it's good to see him back because United do need a better left back you know Daley Blint love Daley Blint he's you know Mr is solid and reliable he's committed but he's he's not a left back not what he is to be honest but he's Dutch yeah he's that utility player isn't he but he'll always not quick enough to be centre half but he reads again really well centre midfield isn't quick enough for his feet but wherever he goes he does a good job but it's not a left back that you can say he's going to win the league or the Champions League Finally can you see Mourinho being here in three, five, ten years he talks a story up of longevity yeah. and yet I see him and Ed Woodward who've got a good relationship yeah. but basically briefing against each other yeah. that, that's not healthy No it, it's not healthy but in, in a sense it is healthy it's healthy in the sense that there's a, there's a desire to get things done properly yeah. but um, I think I think in three years' time we'd be managing PSG. I just think that's he's still in the Lowry, isn't it? And he's, there's, there's no sign he's going to move out of the Lowry and uh, settle down. But I just think what United need now is someone like Mourinho to come in and get them back to where they were as an established force. And not that isn't finishing third, that's winning the league. And I just don't see it at the minute. I don't see him being ready to do that. I think there's too much strength elsewhere at the moment. Let's let, talk about this Lowry thing, right? If you move to Manchester and you, your partner stayed in London, yeah. why not stay in the Lowry? You get all your washing done, you're right in the centre of town, yeah. you've got room service on tap. I know. I like you don't have to worry about your council tax. And, and I know what you're saying as well, but when I put it to him, he knocked it straight back saying he's, he's happy and all that, as he would do. Yeah. Um, it does seem odd to live in a hotel for three years, but he's operating in a different world to you and I. You know. Absolutely. Financial yeah. cost is just not yeah. an issue. No, no. He might have a canoe which he goes down the yeah. hill every morning for me, you know. I just want to, I'd, I'd probably go to the, uh, the Gotham or the Radisson instead of a better hotel. Thanks for your time. No, he's not. Trying to get a freestyle at the hotel.